This morning's scripture lesson comes from the book of Joshua, chapter 24, verses 1, 15 through 14 through 15, and 25 through 28. Then Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem, and summoned the elders, the heads, the judges, and the officers of Israel, and they presented themselves before God. Now, therefore, revere the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away the gods that your ancestors served beyond the river and in Egypt, and serve the Lord. Now, if you are unwilling to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your ancestors served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. So Joshua made a covenant with the people that day and made statutes and ordinances for them at Shechem. Joshua wrote these words in the book of the law of God, and he took a large stone and set it up there under the oak in the sanctuary of the Lord. Joshua said to all the people, See, this stone shall be a witness against us, for it has heard all the words of the Lord that he spoke to us, Therefore, it shall be a witness against you if you deal falsely with your God. So Joshua sent the people away to their inheritances. And from Philippians chapter 4, verses 2 through 9. I urge Euodia and I urge Syntyche to be of the same mind in the Lord. Yes, and I ask you also, my loyal companion... Help these women, for they have struggled beside me in the work of the gospel, together with Clement and the rest of my co-workers, whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Do not worry about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, beloved, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence and if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Keep on doing the things that you have learned and received and heard and seen in me. And the God of peace will be with you. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks Thanks be to God. It is good and appropriate on a day such as today for the staff to get the last word. (laughs) So, Kitty. Please share with us. Okay, and before I start sharing, I want to invite people who are in Pure Joy, come up at offertory time, or even choir members, uh, chancel choir who are on lead. Uh, you all know this, the songs we're singing, so in, you can just sit somewhere. So, but when, the offertory, when it's offertory time, just come up. And, wow, I wish I could have read scripture today. Heather, you get to say, rejoice, don't worry, that's my big problem, don't worry, be made known to God. And God's peace will guide your heart, or will guard, will guide your heart too. Guard and guide your heart and mind. 
Some of you may or may not know that I grew up in this church. Uh, I think it was my first or second year that uh, Clay and Gail uh, became a part of this congregation doing your internship. Or I think that's what, I don't know, I don't know what you're doing, but all of a sudden you were here. <laughs> I went off to college and here's Clay and Gail. Anyway, and that was also uh, the first year that Wally and I, my husband, started dating. And it was also about the time that my husband and I both felt called into uh, uh, full-time ministry of sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. And uh, it was Wally through Ordain. My husband is the uh, pastor, United Methodist pastor, currently serving in Wiley, and then me through music. <clears throat> Shortly thereafter, Wally and I were married and went off to seminary and then off to, uh, to pastor. And Clay and Gail also moved to different churches, but our path continued to cross through the years. Gail and I did church music summer school together under Jane Marshall. And, and we had lay witness missions together. We had conference activities together, and, and we did camp. Uh, Wally likes to tell of this story uh, of Clay. And uh, Clay was the camp director at, at Bridgeport. And once at Bridgeport camp, uh, a young girl had lost or uh, her, her spending money had been stolen. And, you know, it's like, what are we going to do? This tragedy has happened to camp. And instead of pointing fingers and saying, I think he did, I think he did it. Uh, one morning during uh, worship at Vesper Point, many of you, who, who has been to Vesper Point there? It, it's a beautiful cross that overlooks the lake in the evening at sunset. Um, at Vesper Point, and Clay uh, told of the situation to all the campers. Uh, he set his briefcase at the foot of the cross, and, and he placed a rock in it and said, uh, this is going to be here all day, and if any of you feel led, leave a dollar or, or some contribution. At the end of the day, when the money had been counted, the girl received the same amount that she had lost. In fact, there was excess, and the campers, instead of spending it on themselves for some kind of party, voted to give it to the camp to do what they needed and what they pleased. Um, this situation was handled with gentleness and kindness. It reminds me of how Jesus would have handled this situation. No stones were cast that day. Witnessing Clay and Gail's example of kindness and generosity taught, Clay, uh, taught Wally and I how to minister in so many ways. The job of a minister is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. Let me say that again. The job of the pastors is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. Our job is to take up the task which God has called us to do and do it. Now, let me do a little side note. Here's a wag of a finger. <laughs> God has not called a single person to complain. God has not called a single person to sit back and say, well, I think they need to do this and that and that. If God has placed something on your heart, then we should do it. You should do it. You should lead that up. Running for clean water is, is an example of one of those things. We must be up and doing and learn to labor and to wait. Thanks, Clay and Thanks, Gail. Thank you, matriarchs and patriarchs of this church. 
I'm going to name some. My mom, Mama Joe, and my dad, the Holmes, Mr. Cooper, Mr. Hollinshead, Miss Napier. We have a couple of Anns. We have Betsy. We have Willie. We have Topper. We have Mr. Williams. And I shouldn't have started naming because there's many of you out there who have affected in my life. Uh, younger people that are adults, kids are watching. Kids are taking example. When Wally and I left this church to serve in other places, we were taught to ask, Where shall I go for you, Lord, and what shall I do? When I returned 28 years later, First Methodist still teaches that. There's other Methodist churches. There's other churches who don't teach that question. Where shall I serve? You have to ask that question. You have to pray. Where shall I go for you? Where shall I serve? First Methodist still teaches that, and we hear the answer, and I get to read that scripture. Finally, beloved, whatsoever is true, whatsoever is honorable, whatsoever is just, whatsoever is pure, whatsoever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Keep on doing these things. And you shall, uh, and doing the things that you have learned from me and received and heard and seen in me, and the peace of God will be with you. Thanks, Clay. Thanks, Gail. You know, if there's anything I've learned in my life, it's that life is definitely a journey. That life has many turns and ups and downs and angles along this road. And, you know, one of the passages that we use today has always been one of the theme passages for me and for my family. You know, the passage about choose this day whom you will serve. And then, as for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. That has always been a passage that we have tried to uphold and hold before us each and every day. Because, you know, each day offers new and different challenges. Each day offers new and different possibilities. Each day calls us to recenter, to refocus, and to rethink, and choose that day, whom whom shall we serve? And as I, uh, you know, that passage has been such a part of my life for so long. Uh, It has been such a formative part of how I approach my my life and my faith. Uh, You know, and when I came here, one thing I realized right away, one thing that I acknowledged right away was uh, this man and his family, his wife, Gail, his son, Justin, they follow this passage. They live this passage. And so I knew right away when I arrived here, you know, what seems a short time compared to many of you guys who've grown up in the church. And, you know, I came here and thought, wow, you know, everyone on the staff has been here like forever. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I've been here now nine years and I know that at the heart of what this community is about, what this, this uh, faith community, this body of Christ is about each and every day, is presenting ourselves with that question. Choose this day whom you will serve. Decide how you will go about your day-to-day lives. Decide what your actions, uh, make decisions about your actions and your choices that will reflect your faith, that will show others who you are will uh, show others what you're about, what, what life really means to you. 
And that's something that I have felt over and over again ever since I've been a part of this community is that is, is something that is a part of what is presented, what is something that is challenged each and every day to us as a community of faith is how will we choose this day to live? You know, one time when I was at a continuing ed conference, um, you know, a guy, uh, one of the speakers taught me a prayer that I pray every morning because it's very fitting for me because I know that I intend to be one of those people that Kitty was talking about if I'm not careful. One of those people that get to be a complainer and a whiner when, if I'm not careful, if I don't challenge myself not to be that. So this prayer that I say each and every morning goes like this. It goes, thank you, God, for a way of life that is more important than how I feel about it on any given day. And that challenge in that prayer to me is that even when I'm not at my best, even when I am frustrated or angry or, or challenged, that there is a way of life that I'm called to that is more important than my emotional state at that moment. That doesn't mean that my emotions aren't important, but there's something greater than those that I need to live into. And, you know, throughout my life here in this staff and this community, I've had such wonderful examples of that very thing. You know, I know there's many times, uh, you know, when, when Clay has come to be here to do ministry, when his mind, his heart, and other things were other places. But you would never know that because of the dedication and the commitment to a way of life that is more important than how you feel on any given day. And so I'm just thankful uh, for that example, and I'm thankful for what challenge that gives to each and every one of us going forward, is that it matter how we feel on this day, because I know there are a lot of emotions we are feeling on this day, uh, that there's a way of life that's more important that we are called to. There's uh, this bend or turn in our journey is one stage. There's more down the road. It doesn't end here. We continue to walk. We continue to take the next step. Even when all we know is the next step, we take that step and wait for the directions for the next step. And we keep moving forward. And that's how we live in faith. That is what we're called to do. And I praise God for the example that we have gotten from the whole Womack family and from each and every one of you in this community that uh, Kitty was naming you know, that this is all a part of the journey of the saints. And I invite each and every one of us to continue to walk that walk and choose each and every day whom we shall serve. I want to take us back just for a moment to the beginning of the scripture that Bill read in Joshua. And Joshua has gathered all the tribes and all the people have come together for a word of inspiration, a word of encouragement, a word of exhortation. Did anybody happen to catch the name of the city where Joshua gathered them? Anybody? Shechem. Gathered them at Shechem. You're like, great. Shechem. Another proper noun in the Bible I can't pronounce. I wonder if there are any of our children from KAMP or any of our children from Sunday school who remember hearing the name Shechem before. You heard it? You heard it? Yeah? Oh, I got some hands. Do you happen to remember what story it was from? Oh, maybe? The great family. 
Shechem, we have heard it once before in scripture, in the story of the great family. The story of Abram and Sarai, who were to become Abraham and Sarah. And when we meet them in the story, they are living in the land of Yor, or Ur, another biblical name we can't pronounce. Now the people who lived in Yor believed that there were many gods. That there was a god of the tree, and a god of the rock, and a god of the flower. That there was a god of the sky, and the clouds, and the rain, and the land. The world was alive with gods. But there was one family who believed that all of God was everywhere. And Sarai and Abram were part of that family. Well, it came time for Abram and Sarai to move to a new land. And so they went from their home. They thought that God would be there on their journey. This is what they thought, but they did not yet know. And so they went with all the old people and all the children. They went with their sheep and their helpers. And they traveled. They walked. Can you imagine a slower place to get anywhere? They walked a long, long journey following the river Euphrates through the desert. And at night, they could set up their tents and camp by the river. And during the day, they could get water for themselves and their animals to drink. And it was a long, long journey together. Finally, they came to Haran. And they and their people settled there. But it came time for Abram and Sarai to move again. And this time, they did not have the great river Euphrates to walk next to. This time, they were called to head out across the desert. Kids, what do we know about the desert? It's a dangerous place. Why is it a dangerous place? There's not much water in the desert or food that's not there. Why is The wind blows and it changes the shape of the desert all the time and it's so easy to get lost in the desert. There's dust. When the wind blows, that sand stings your skin. In the day, the sun is scorching hot, and at night, it is cold. The desert is a dangerous place. People don't go into the desert unless they have to. Clay, have you figured out who you are in the story yet? <laughs> Today, your name is Gerald Clay Euphrates Womack. You have been that great river that we have journeyed alongside for so long. 
Um, I'm not going to assign the part of old people and sheep. You get to figure that out for yourself. (laughs) But you have journeyed with us. You have known our names. You have known who have journeyed with us. The people who um, began the journey with us but had to turn back. Or the people who didn't quite make it all the way and we had to let go along the way. You have pointed, you have to the source of living water for us. And we have drunk deeply and been nourished for our journeys that we have taken together and individually. And now it feels like we got to set out across the desert and we don't want to leave the river. Because the desert is a dangerous place. And yet, so many wonderful and important things happen to the people of God in the desert. So many wonderful and important things happen to the people of God in the desert. And so Abram and Sarai listened to God. And they set out, apart from the river, and they arrived. The first city that they arrived at was Shechem. And Abram went on the, up on the hill and he prayed. And God was there. God was there. And Abram and Sarah built an altar to God. To remember the place where God was. God was not just here or there. All of God was everywhere. And so Joshua, in his last days, with them, gathered the people together at Shechem to encourage them and inspire them and exhort them and remind them there is work yet to be done. The great family had not yet been born that would number as many as the stars in the sky and grains of sand in the desert. Oh, God's promise sounded impossible. And yet, there is the promise that our journey is not yet done, that your journey is not yet done, that the great river runs on and that we remember those stories with joy and with promise and with praise that we are not alone. Thanks be to God. I have had a delightful and blessed association with the Womack family for the last 15 years, I guess. I was on staff at First Dallas, and Raymond Womack, Clay and Larry's dad, was on staff there in a retired capacity. And we got to work together And I was so blessed by him. And then after that, I was appointed to First Rockwall, and Larry and Shirley Womack were there, Clay's little brother, Larry. 
and their two sons, the youngest of which went through youth group with my daughter. And then in ensuing years, Clay and Caroline and I served on the District Committee on Ordained Ministry. And so then in 2014, um, in April, March, somewhere around there, um, my husband and I sat in the little seating area right outside the office waiting to be introduced to the Staff Parish Relations Committee. And Kitty came out with a running for clean water brochure (laughs) and said, maybe you could ask your church to participate in this. And then Clay comes walking out and he held his hand out and he said, so it's you. (laughs) And so it was. Um, I tell you this just not to just emphasize how much Clay and Gail and the whole Womack family has meant um, to my family and to me, but also to emphasize that thread of community that runs through all of our experiences together. And I think that you've heard that as Kitty and Randy and Caroline have so beautifully shared this morning. We have a milestone today that we are marking with Clay and Gail's departure from us in a formal capacity. But it's not the end. This isn't a funeral. It's a shift. It will be different. There will be times we feel like we are wandering in the wilderness, but yet God is there. God is here. And will continue to be. I want to close with a little family story. My mom and my aunt... um, When I was growing up and my sister was little and they would call each other Bob and Ace. My mom was Ace and my aunt was Bob. And so I said, where did that come from? And mom said, well, we had two great uncles, Ace and Bob. And they lived in different parts of the country. And so this was in the late 30s, early 1940s. And they wouldn't see each other except maybe every five years at a family reunion. And their behavior was always the same. They may not have seen each other for six or seven years and they'd walk up. Hello, Bob. How are you? And then when the time would come together, I mean, would come to an end, they would come together and say, Take care, Bob. Take care, Ace. Shake hands. And then they would go their separate ways. And I would say, well, but why, why do you and Peggy do that? And Mom said, because it is too emotional to do otherwise. Take care, Bob. Take 